0: she's april and she's molly and we are the book besties if you can listen to dmx with your windows down you can listen to sissy say sick read you kill mockingbird i wanted you to
1: see what real courage is instead of getting the idea that courage is a man with a gun in his hand it's when you know you're licked before you begin but you begin anyway and you see it through no matter what who's kind because if not i'm coming for your ass Damn everybody that thinks it's okay. I guess I want to ban those people. If, as soon as you tell a kid
0: they're not allowed to do something, what are they going to do?
1: I think you should just do what makes you happy and
0: hopefully you can make money at it. <laughs> hey! How are you? I've missed your face so much. You've been gone for so long. I really feel like I have
1: been. We, uh, we've been on vacation. Um, and because I'm a teacher and it's summer and my husband's a stay-at-home dad... We took a very extended vacation, and so we were gone for, like, 10 days, which is
0: amazing. Forever. You were gone forever. I mean, you forever. were still texting me, but I haven't seen your I was face, gonna say, basically. I was going to say, <laughs> Molly,
1: we were still texting, like, every Daily. day that I was gone. Every day that I was gone. It's <laughs> not <Is that laughs> the same when I don't get to see your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we were on vacation. We went to um, to Cocoa Beach, Florida. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, My in-laws are from, well, they they aren't from there, but they live in the Tampa area, um, which is where my husband grew up for most of his life. And my father-in-law actually grew up in Cocoa Beach. So he was really excited to like show us, you know, the things. And I learned like some of Tom's my husband's family history that was like really random, which I knew this story, but I have to tell you this story because it's like the craziest story. Okay. My father in law was once babysat by um John Glenn.
0: What? Like, like John Glenn? John Glenn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like so-, so by proxy, he's an astronaut.
1: By proxy, sure. <laughs> um, so, so his uh, older sister was supposed to babysit him, and she couldn't because she was going on a group date. You know, because back uh-huh. then, you know, you didn't group dates, you didn't yeah. get a date, alone, right? Because the John Glenn's parties. right with John Glenn's daughter, and so then he didn't have a babysitter. So John Glenn came over and babysat
0: him. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: And then I also learned that in the um, – there is a humongous building at Kennedy Space Center. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just massive. And it's the vertical – like, it's the place where they set they put the rockets together vertically. Right. So they didn't have to set them on their side and then tip them up. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, one of the biggest buildings in the world just because of the sheer size of it. And um, they – the windows that are in there are fiberglass windows and – Tom's grandfather made those windows nice yeah so just more more really random yeah I was like these are just such cool stories and of course my oldest son who wants to be an astronaut was just like eating it up so. I'm
0: sure that's amazing yeah. and the beach was beautiful and look how tan I am you're yeah you're glorious as I am so yeah. starkey white even though I am in freaking Texas <laughs> I was wearing SPF like 75 (laughs) because we are how am i still tan?
1: i know i'm i'm it's it's pathetic tom was like you're gonna have to change your lighting when this tan goes away
0: Okay. Tom. I mean, how many times has Tom told me I look like a ghost on camera? So
1: it's all right. You've got this, like witchy hair and background going on now. I know. So Isn't
0: like, my fancy background nice? I, I, yeah, I love it. I feel like you could work at Hogwarts. But, which I finished another Harry Potter book, by the way. Well, okay, we need to. Okay, we need to figure out if we're going to be doing all of them or just this one episode forum fans so you gotta let us know because if we yeah. are dragging right it out you need to tell her now <laughs> right now we just have it scheduled that we are doing one
1: episode to cover all seven books because i want to be freaking done but uh we'll listen to the fans if they want to hear more i will bite the bullet because i have now finished five of them <laughs> uh,
0: i have a lot of feelings guys a lot of feelings word uh i mean yeah, of course you have a lot of feelings. I mean, a lot of feelings. But you do see, you did admit that you see what we're talking about, about Lupin and Sirius being. I do. I I saw what everyone
1: was talking about with Lupin and Sirius being a couple. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, I was very sad that. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling Harry Potter for anybody. It's been but I figured, out for a gazillion
0: years. They'll get over right.
1: it. I, I was very sad when um, Sirius Black died. Um, I actually had an emotional
0: reaction to Harry Potter. And she was she, mad at us for, one, not mad. telling her serious things, and, two, for the fact that she was crying over Sirius <laughs> Yeah. Potter. Yeah. Oh.
1: Um, anyway, there's time to talk about Harry Potter later. We are going to talk about this book today. To Kill a Mockingbird oh, I have. by Harper Lee, I which have my is my copy. absolute, oh yes, my, uh, that's the, um, paperback. the trade paperback edition. So this is my absolute favorite book of all time, forever and ever, The End. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, this is the copy I borrowed from the library. I have a different version that is my physical cool. copy. Um why didn't i read that copy because my book is in storage right now but i have read this book as audiobook i've read it as paperback i've read it as a hardback i've read just all the things it is available as an ebook now it wasn't for a very long time it became available as an ebook i think in
0: 2017 um, sissy spacek does the audiobook which was a good surprise Sissy's, for molly
1: sissy spacek does an amazing job as the narrator for the audiobook so if Agreed. you are an audiobook fan or um, if you're wanting to get into audiobooks, it's definitely a really good one. Um, I don't know that it's one I would start with. If you've never read an audiobook, I would start with maybe Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. Oh, that's just uh, definitely.
0: Also, not sponsored, but Audible. Listen to us. We're always promoting you, babe. <laughs> like... Yeah, uh, I I also plug
1: local libraries. They have apps yes, like Hoopla. And also we're not sponsored by Hoopla, but or Libby, that's how I... That's what um, my library yeah. uses is Libby, which is becoming yeah. yeah. handy Mine for uses me. both. Mine uses both. And um, I support local libraries. They are a dying art, and I'm sad that they're dying because it's my profession, but we are still relevant. So please use us. So can I just tell you a little bit about I know you know these things, Molly, but I'm gonna tell everybody else what we're Please. doing, so well, I read so, your notes, so that's how I know the things. Well, you already know these things that I'm gonna say, but um august thirty first is when this episode is gonna post our to kill a Mockingbird episode, and it is going to kick off five weeks of banned books, so we are doing five banned books, um and I'll be hosting all of them because every book I've ever loved is a banned book. And um, we're going to talk about why the book was banned, and we're going to talk a lot about banning books and the process, and um, I'm going to get really upset because I absolutely hate banning books, and as a librarian, I want to, like, damn everybody that thinks it's okay. I guess I want to ban those people. It bugs me, too. (laughs) It's not cool. Um, But we're starting with To Kill a Mockingbird, so um, I'm going to give you all a little summary of To Kill a Mockingbird if you will. Um, So I I wrote out a summary, but I'm just going to talk about it. So this book is a coming-of-age novel. Um, It was published in 1960, and it's set in the mid-30s. There's fantastic, um, the first chapter has like fantastic references to what's actually happening in history at that time. So uh, Scout Finch is the main uh, character. She's the narrator. And one of the things that she says is, Makeem was recently told they had nothing to fear but fear itself, which is a great FDR quote, um, to get you right in that time set. So Scout Finch, her name is actually Jean Louise, she is narrating this book as an adult, looking back on some things that happened when she was a child, um, particularly... Uh, the case of Tom Robinson, who is a black man in a small town in Maycomb, Alabama, in the 1930s, who is accused of raping Mayella Ewell, who is a white lady, white woman, uh, who's 19. I almost said she was a little girl, but she's not. She's 19 and is accused of raping her. And um, Atticus Finch, Scout's daddy, who it, he is the, the the lawyer who has been assigned to Tom's case. He is the defense attorney. Um, and this book goes and weaves together all these wonderful stories that happen within this small town and how it really affects them. The movie only focuses on Tom Robinson's case, but the book itself has a really rich depth and um, covers a lot of different characters' um, stories. Uh, the book appears quite frequently on best of lists it won the top prize for pbs's great american read um it won number one um but the book is frequently banned um it's frequently on the banned books list it's one that is always top 10 like every year which makes zero sense right i have a lot of feelings on that so um The reason that it is usually challenged most frequently is for the use of the N-word, as it is frequently used in there. Um, We're talking about the language of 1930s. Which was a
0: common word back then, even though it was disgusting. And if
1: it offends you, that was the point. She wants you to be offended. So, yeah. Um, Most recently, it has been challenged because it presents the idea of a white savior. We need the white man to save the black man. That's the reason it's been banned. Um, the It was actually challenged this year for that reason mm. alone. Um, but it's been challenged for that a few times. Um, in spite of that, so the book is published in 40 languages. Damn. It sells over a million copies worldwide every year. And it earned Harper Lee the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1961 and the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2005. Harper Lee never published another book unless you count the quote unquote sequel, uh, which was um, Ghost at a Watchman, which came out in 2015, which is actually not a sequel. Um, it's actually what the original To Kill a Mockingbird was supposed to be. But the publisher really? said, hey, yeah, the publisher said, hey, this story about the kids in here, this is more interesting. Write about that. So oh. they, when they published Ghost at a Watchman, they act, it actually changed some things about Atticus. Not what we need to be talking about for this book, but it made me really angry. I
0: haven't
1: read it. Well, it's, I've read it once, and despite the fact that that I would literally read a grocery list and pay a million dollars to have a copy of Harper Lee's signature, Uh um, I will never read that book again. So, anyway, um, so that is basically what To Kill a Mockingbird is about, um... Atticus Finch is one of those characters who's the great literary hero, especially American literature. Um, Because I was an English major, essentially we talk a lot about the difference between American literature and other literatures of the world. I took American literature in England and we had this whole discussion of what makes something American with a capital A Mm -hmm. and what makes something literature with a capital L and can American literature be both. And it was a whole thing and it was very, snooty british but i loved it anyway not relevant but (laughs) nope relevant because you said so (laughs) molly you might have to rein me in on this episode okay so so that is the basics of to kill a mockingbird and look if you haven't read to kill a mockingbird i really encourage you to read it how did you skip 11th grade that's what well, I, I wanted read it, to know. I read it in 10th grade, and I taught it in 9th grade. So, like, you missed high school or something. But
0: Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Tell us your story. <laughs>
1: but um, I think reading it as an adult, it definitely has a different impact. So I encourage all of you to read To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, it's an incredible book. and um, And now I'm going to find out what Molly thinks about it. So my first question,
0: what did you think? Okay, so I read it in middle school, no middle school, high school, and then I Mm reread it for this. Mm -hmm. I see why it is not just your favorite book, but it's also both of my stepsisters' favorite books. Jennifer and Beth, this is their all-time favorite go-to book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see the validity. I understand why it is. It doesn't hit home like that for me. I understand the book. I comprehend the book. I see why... It is very relevant. It's very important, I think. I think she highlights things that isn't talked about about that time frame, right? There's a lot going on in the 1930s. And racism was not one that was covered a bunch. Right. And so that makes this book very important in my eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it a favorite of mine? Absolutely not. Yeah, Am I going to make my kids read it for homeschooling? You bet your sweet Bippy I am.
1: Well, you can tell them that Auntie April will talk to them about it when they read it. Well, um, I, I
0: <laughs> have teacher April questions later anyways, but I digress because that is personal Molly problems, <laughs> not book besting <laughs> Molly problems. Um, it has a cultural relevance. And when you were talking about this white savior thing... Mm-hmm. Now, I am speaking for my personal opinion. This is my personal opinion. I don't see Atticus as a white savior role. First and foremost, yeah. the judge went to him, right? Mm-hmm. Atticus never asked to be a white savior. Right. He didn't go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save the black man today. That's not what happened. Right. I can understand where it can feel like that. Right. but I mean, he did, they talk about the fact that it
1: wasn't a problem that he was assigned the case. It was the, the problem was that he was actually going to
0: defend him. Right. Right. Which, but I mean, Atticus didn't seek this out. He wasn't purposely trying, but I I digress. He, you were asking that his, question.
1: Yeah, but he does tell his kids that even if he weren't assigned it, he probably would have taken it. Because the thing is that he was going to actually defend Tom Robinson, whereas another attorney would wouldn't. have just ignored him for sure. Right. I don't get the white savior issue with this book either. I mean, I can see a little bit of it, but to me... We're talking about a book that was set in the 1930s, but written in the 1960s. Right. And what she's doing, she wrote this during the Civil Rights Movement. And what she's doing is showing you this has not changed. Right. Systemic racism is real. And it's so real now when we're in 2021. And it's still real now. And that is why I get so angry when people ban this book, when people challenge this book. I don't want my child to read this because it says the N-word. Fr- are you offended? Ethics. You are supposed to be offended. That is the point. She wants you to read this book and say, you know what? This isn't okay. Maybe right. we should
0: change this. Because we this because haven't. Okay. This should be part of critical race theory. Let's not lie. And mm-hmm. banning of this book is you know, banning critical race theory, which I have a huge problem with. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I get people saying history is history, but obviously we haven't learned from it. And this book is showing that she wrote a book about the 30s in the 60s showing we have not changed. Right. I I mean, I'm not going to try –
1: I'm not going to – completely refute what you're saying about critical race theory but i don't really think it's the school's place to to teach that like you need to get your house in order
0: right well okay and teach your, and teach your kids to without eat. like starting a massive argument mm-hmm. there are children in homes that are treat taught racism right racism but but, but you're not going to change that by teaching it in the classroom you're not going to change that by, by teaching giving it in the them an open door to ask
1: questions Yes, and we do that as educators anyway. Right? You don't have to adapt critical race theory, right? But quote unquote, but giving it a name, that labeling
0: case. it is mm. yes, that's what it is. But labeling it is what's making people angry, right? We've been teaching right. it all along. Books like this, books like mm-hmm. All American yeah. Boys, like yeah, that's that's
1: why that's why when it comes up, I'm usually just like, you can say we're not adopting. Critical race theory. But if you're a good teacher,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially a good teacher in a culturally diverse school, which I am, and I have always taught in culturally diverse schools, um, you are doing that in your classroom anyway. You're making a space for kids to safely question and say the things they need to say. Um, I know this is off topic, but this is again, we talked about this on this pod before, how we are not um, on the same side politically no um, but, we but we have, have those sim- similar that, beliefs yeah.
0: obviously right. or we wouldn't be sitting here agreeing right. on it
1: i just think that it shouldn't be the curriculum
0: like i don't know i'm not to... saying it needs to be a part of the curriculum but cutting but out, that's cutting but that's out, what they're doing right but cutting it out completely cutting out the ability mm-hmm. to have that conversation no no is no. ridiculous and that is happening mm-hmm. here in texas is them yeah. saying you can't talk about the race riots, Selma, any of this kind of thing right and well, when sorry. when I was there, no,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt, you, but when I was teaching there, they were adopting a new history curriculum, and they were leaving out entirely the civil rights movement that's this was
0: ridiculous, right.
1: That was the cr- curriculum they adopted in 2010. They decided to leave that out, which is
0: absolutely Can r- I w- ridiculous. Ask which school district it was? Was it Pasadena? No, no, this was the statewide oh. curriculum. Oh, I was like, was it Pasadena? It was like, <laughs> no, no, it was
1: the Texas Department of Ed, T E A. And, that, and, the, and the problem with all of that was because the way that textbooks get published, um, it's really Texas and California have a big pool on what's in all the textbooks right. nationwide because they buy so many of them and they, that's just how it works out. So there were a lot of districts now, that were like, if that's. I want to clarify on my it. end,
0: I'm not hating on the teachers. Y'all are mm-hmm. doing no, no, any, I of, yeah. everything you guys can. We mm-hmm. are frustrated with the system. The system right. is broken, right? And y'all deserve better. <laughs> Period.
1: Wow. Yeah, they, they're they're dealing with uh, critical race theory right now. Our school board is deciding what they're going to adopt and what they're not going to, and they are saying we're not adopting critical race theory. Um, and a lot of parents are up in arms because of the things that they're doing. They're saying, "Well, this is critical race theory," and what I keep trying to say is. These are things that naturally happen in the classroom. It's not us sitting there saying,
0: like, All right, right, we're going to talk about what happened yeah. in the South. And the, okay. So yeah, it's okay. not that we so definitely that, went off
1: a rail. Sorry. We did. Guys. I'm sorry. And now we're 20 minutes into the episode and we're <laughs> off the rails. And I haven't
0: even started
1: my questions. We but love you anyways. guys.
0: And okay. And tell us in the comments, what are you thinking? Without getting hyperpinnacle, we will block your stupid ass if you're fricking saying the n word or doing anything crazy. But mm-hmm. tell us how you feel. If you're a teacher, yeah. tell us what it's like right now because we'd love yeah. to hear from you. And
1: be kind because, like, choose kind. That's how I choose feel. Choose kind because
0: if not, I'm coming for your ass. <laughs>
1: And, and mostly Molly will come for your ass and I'll just go block all them <laughs> Because she'll let um, me argue with
0: you for 20 minutes before she deletes you. Okay, moving on. Back to all the right, Kill a so, Mockingbird.
1: <laughs> so, okay, this book, Kill a Mockingbird, is filled with several different plots that are woven together. Correct. Was there one story in the novel you connected with more than the others? <sighs> or even a character that you really connected with? Boo Radley. I love Boo.
0: So, um, why, why him? Okay. Um, so growing up, we lived in a small area. There's several towns, Nichols, Tog, Center, Barton, Waverly, Sarah. It's just this big area in the Waverly, Sarah area where my aunt lived. There was, um, a man who is special needs who'd ride his bike everywhere. He had a vest. And there was always – when it came to school-age kids, there was always mm-hmm. stories of how scary he was, what he did. Like, yeah. birth, there was, like, oh, he's this, he's this, right? Mm-hmm. right. And I, I knew him, right? I, I I, knew him from my Aunt Pam because my Aunt Pam owned a nail salon. She'd help him. She'd give him breakfast in the morning. Like, yeah, this was a thing. And I saw him, right? I, I, I mm-hmm. saw – then I was a child and I recognized the innocence in this man. Right. And understanding boo's storyline and understanding this was just a small little section of town. Right. Like, and I watched it on a big scale where everybody knew this right. man's name and everybody talked about him and everybody had like a rumor and I couldn't imagine being that person. And yeah. showing the full spectrum of Boo's life and what happened and who he was yeah. and how he ended up being so important to the storyline. I just yeah. it, it warms my heart, you know, and Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean there's this great quote from Atticus, uh, which uh um they're talk it's actually not about
0: Boo, but it is about Boo because symbolism oh, from the English and, teacher here. And if you're listening from back home. That gentleman, who's in his late sixties now, his bike was stolen a couple weeks ago. What? If you stole his bike, there are so many of us that will hunt you down and hurt you. Please just give him back his bike.
1: Yeah, that's. that's oh, awful. it was awful. I cried.
0: I saw the social media post and I cried because I was nowhere near home to be able to go help him. Anyways, that's continuing. Awful. So there's a quote. Uh, this is in the last like page of the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's about a book that uh, Atticus is reading to Scout. And right. um, they they think that this guy did all these bad things. And she says, um, and Atticus, when they finally saw him, why he hadn't done any of those things. Atticus, he was real nice. His hands, this is Atticus, his hands were under my chin, pulling up the cover, tucking me in. And this is Atticus's quote. Most people are Scout when you finally see them. Yeah, And that's like, that's kind of the whole point of the book. Like when you really stop to look at someone, I mean, they use the, when you walk in someone's shoes, but they actually say when you climb into someone's skin and walk around in it, that's how you know them. And that, that is specifically talking about like, you need to experience something from the other side. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about, um, with this book, we talk a lot about, can we understand Tom Robinson's plight. And we're going to talk more about this when we get to All-American Boys. Mm -hmm. um, Because the perspective, we have this perspective of a black male teen and Mm -hmm. a white male teen of the same incident. And um, yeah, I mean, I just think Boo Bradley is this iconic character. Um, He doesn't even come out to be actually seen in the novel until the last chapter.
0: Right. And what does he do? He saves their lives. Robert Redford played him. I know. Have you seen he, the movie? Yes. I, okay. So I saw the movie um, when I was a kid in high school, mm-hmm. and then I rewatched it after reading the book because I was like, I'm remembering, i remembering book, cli- I'm remembering right. snippets from the book, and I'm remembering snippets from the movie. So I did both, right? To just yeah, kind of right. like, and I was like, well, "Holy crap!" And then I looked up the IMDb. And it's super young. Super young. He was Robert thirty. Redford, yeah. I looked it up. I did the math because I had to look yeah. it up. He was thirty yeah. when he did that. Mm-hmm. So, and,
1: um, the, uh, the movie is all set in black and white, yep. even though it was made in the sixties. Because it was um, a Gregory Peck, right. Yeah. Gregory Peck, uh, plays Atticus Finch. He it won was a, a um, handsome mf man. Right. He won, he won an Oscar for it. And there are some film adaptations, honestly, Kill the Mockingbirds film adaptation is not my favorite because I don't feel like they really can get all of the depth well, of the book. Well, there's too much. There's right. too much going on. But if you're ever going to say someone was cast perfectly, Gregory Peck as he is Atticus. He is Atticus. I cannot Finch. Not picture anybody better. No. That man was it. He was Atticus. So I would say my favorite story, um, I really, uh, yes, Boo Radley's a great story. I really love, um, Uh, oh my goodness. I just blanked. She's my favorite character. Why would I do this on the episode of my favorite book, Miss Maudie? Miss Maudie Atkinson. Okay. Um. So Miss Maudie, the way she's described in here, she's like they talk about her being um, like she's got a wide bot bottom, and she's just an old Southern lady who likes right. to garden, and um, she grew up with Atticus, but she don't you say hey she, to me? Yeah. <laughs> she's just this great she's a great character and she lives across the street from them. And I like how, um, she is their friend. She's their, she's their adult friend. Right. And I like how she recognizes when the kids are getting older. Um, she makes cakes for the kids and she always makes them their own little cake. Mm -hmm. And when Jem, who's scout's brother gets older, um, he gets a slice from the grown up cake. Right. And like, that's so symbolic that, like, she's recognizing Jim. He's grown now. a young man. Mm-hmm. And that means and you have he, to
0: learn to share and be a part of the community now. It is a good symbol. And, and when the
1: book ends, he's 13, but the book is over a three year period. So he's only, uh, I think he's actually officially nine when the book right. starts, or he's 10 on the cusp. But the, the, my students, when I taught this book, they were always really thrown off by the kids getting attacked. And I would make them reread the very first line of the book, which is, "When he was nearly thirteen, my brother Jem got his arm badly broken at the elbow." Which right. is what happens at the end of the book. And I'm like, "She told she you he was, was going to get attacked." <laughs> like he's like literally was attacked, but <laughs>
0: she's telling you what's going to happen. And this is this, right. And you know what? That is such a kid thing. They're going to tell you a story about how someone broke their arm. But you know what's mm-hmm. going to happen? They're going to tell you the whole backstory first. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: So, like... Yeah. We're going to get 24 stories, and then we're going to find out how Jim broke his arm. I mean,
0: it's all relevant. He broke his arm I because broke his of... Arm. But... Because of all this stuff that, that happened. Is, but that is such a kid thing to say. Like... Mm-hmm. The interesting I... thing is she's...
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing is that she's an adult when she's telling the story right. and not a kid anymore, but yes, it's but very it's much how a her thing. memory,
0: her child memory is though. Right. Mm-hmm. She has to piece it together based off of these other little things that happen. Right. They're not little things, but little okay. things in her timeline.
1: That's a great transition to my next question. How do you think the story of Tom Robinson's trial is enhanced or hindered by filtering
0: it through a little girl? I think it mutes it for the audience. Mm. Is Halloween, it more relatable in that way? I think, okay, so I don't know I don't know Harper Lee's intention with this book. I don't know if she intended it for children. I don't know if she intended it for adults. I don't know her intended audience. Mm-hmm. But as we are teaching this in high school, mm-hmm. like you're teaching it to like ninth graders, right? Yes, I did. In general, it's like from 10th to ninth grade. Mm-hmm. There's still a sense of innocence with those kids, yeah, and filtering what happens. The racism's still very strong, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the pain, the struggle, everything he is going through is very strong, but filtering mm-hmm. it through a child's point of view mm-hmm. mutes it a bit, right? Yeah, and that I and I think softens the blow, softens the blow, and I think that was her intent. Mm. this is racism, but it's racism through a child's eye. Mm-hmm. And if, and also it's Harper Lee saying, if a kid, if a, if me at six sees this is racism, how can right. you as an adult not see it? You know? Right. It is. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. a Harper Lee going, look. Right. Get your shit right. together. Right. Yeah. White idiots.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I agree. Um, YA didn't really exist at this no. time, it, so she's writing for adults, but not really because you know it's right. able to be read by by uh, high schoolers. Um, I think that filtering it through a little girl uh, does make it feel more accessible. Like, oh, obviously this is a problem because this little girl understands that it it's a right, problem, she's but pointing it out. But I also think that the big part of this book is that loss of innocence and that loss of, uh, if this is when Scout grew up, like when Tom Robinson is convicted of a rape that he very clearly did not commit. He obviously didn't do it. He obviously didn't do do it. it. Right. And my favorite thing about teaching this novel, um, so my students who are not in my advanced class, so my regular students, um, some of them told me that they had never actually finished a book ever um and so really in, in a, we never I never assigned them to read it at home I know I can't imagine that life but I, I never assigned it for homework okay. I stood <laughs> I stood or sat in front of them and I read to them which this is not a fun book to read aloud no to a class full of it is a mostly rough book to read in general it's a rough right. book to read in general I mean, my, there were definitely classes that I was the only white person in there, and it's not a comfortable thing to have to say the n word. But I, I, I short a short side note. I set it up by talking about what were how words have meaning and how uncomfortable they can make you feel. And, and I how said, they hold
0: power. We're going to
1: read this book. Yeah, we're going to read this word because it's in here, and we're going to talk about why we should not be using that word. But um did you when have we to send to- a
0: waiver off?
1: Like, no, it was, it was, it's curriculum for the district and and state. So it's not. um, But uh, I know some schools do, but we did not. Um, But when we got to the part of Tom Robinson's conviction, and that part goes guilty, 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 because the, uh, the, the jury is being pulled, my students would literally jump up and be like, what? He didn't do it. I mean, they were like, throw in the book I, and they were I like, mean, I cried so and, angry. I
0: cried when I was a kid, when I read that. And I cried mm-hmm. as an adult when I read that because it's, it's so devastating. It's
1: awful. Yeah. And I, it was such an, a, such a pivotal moment for me as an educator to be like, okay, so let's talk about this. Honestly, why was he convicted if he didn't do it? We know he didn't do it. Why was he convicted? And my students were like, well, that still happens. Like, I mean, and it does, if you look at the statistics, people of yep. color are convicted at a much higher rate than white people, and people of color serve longer sentences for similar crimes. Yep. Um, and so this hasn't changed. Like, right. but but that moment coming from Scout's perspective, that moment coming from her perspective, it's that de- it's that um, it's the des- dissolution of her innocence. It's oh, that it point is. in her life. It's that point in her life when she's finally like, oh. The world's not this fair. This is not good.
0: This the is world's not, good. not fair. And that, that is right. thats a hard pill to swallow for such a young child. Right. And I think she
1: probably didn't understand it as well as Jim did. Jim obviously has a really, a much more right. emotional reaction. reaction. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really angry. And he's trying to figure out how to make it fair well we should put women on the jury we should p- put people of color on the jury and he's trying all, all these sane. things to make it <laughs> yeah right he's trying all these things to make it more fair um so that tom robinson wouldn't have been convicted what? but
0: we have women and people of color on juries now and it's still happening i know yes because <sighs>
1: Anyway, Even after all these years, we haven't changed the mindset. Which is this just, book still
0: doesn't make me as uncomfortable as All American Boy, but yeah, that one we'll have we'll talk we'll get about to that later. We'll be that in
1: the few weeks, readers. But uh, yeah, that one definitely uncomfortable. Um, all right, so this book is set, is written during the Civil Rights Movement, but it's set during the Great Depression. How would it differ if it was set in the time it was written, or what if it was set today?
0: I think with the way POCs are treated today. If you're Mm -hmm. Black, Asian, Samoan, whatever. Latinx. Right. We are still seeing things like this happen. Which is devastating. We are still seeing police brutality. We are still seeing groups of... We are seeing gangs of people Mm -hmm. gang up on POCs, people in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, yeah. we are still seeing things like this happen in right. modern day. Right. Will it be from a child's point of view? No, because no, it doesn't have to be anymore. No, no. no. <laughs> well, the thing is, is Atticus did a thing where he was always honest with his kids. hmm Now, I personally. And more honest with my children, we watch the news. I explain what's going on and we go from there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not every parent is that way. And I don't think we would get this book, this point of view, and this storyline without that complete timeline.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think if it were set today, um, I don't think a book written today would be told from a white girl's perspective. Nope. If we're going to talk about the injustice, we're going to talk about it and, from the perspective of the person that's experiencing and it. And
0: honestly, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i glad that Harper Lee wrote from, let's not lie, she wrote from her childhood self in this book. Oh, she did. She hundred percent. And I'll,
1: I'll tell you more about that in a second. A hundred
0: percent. But... Piper Addison, Livia Lou, my girls writing about the injustices they're seeing on the TV is not going to be as effective as a classmate of theirs writing about what it's like going to school every day in a jihad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it, it's just not going to be as powerful. Right.
1: Yeah, this is definitely uh, based a lot on her childhood. She set it in a town, a fictional town that is in Alabama that is very mm-hmm. similar to her own, the own, her own town. She grew up in, um, the boy Dill, who is her friend, um, it's based on her actual neighbor and friend Truman Capote. Really? Yeah. So they grew up together, um, and they were friends all through their adult life. Um,
0: Truman when Capote, T- that's Mac-
1: wild. I know when to kill a Mockingbird hit the level of fame that it did, they had a falling out because he couldn't handle that she was more talking about than him, him. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: well, no, it wasn't that she's more famous than him. He didn't like that, but um uh, the male ego, yeah, but they were friends, and so Dill is actually based on him um and Scout is very similar to how she was as a as a girl understandably. Um and her dad uh was the town attorney. So um yeah, she knew what that life was like. Uh after her her after her sister, she has an older sister mm-hmm. um, who's also deceased now. Her older sister went into law also. Nice. So they yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, this, this is definitely what it was like for her to grow up in that small town. And when she was writing this, she was writing in New York, New York City.
0: Um, I couldn't imagine being in New York during the Civil Rights Movement. Like,
1: Yeah, crazy. Yeah. And um, she had a few friends who believed in her writing, who basically paid for her living expenses that's for amazing a year that she could actually write this book i wonder if she got to see um,
0: stonewall that would have been an amazing book from her point of view too
1: yeah i'm not sure um but she just was me, kind Bob of yeah yeah she, she was kind of a recluse um after this book came out and i mean she skyrocketed to popularity and everybody was waiting for the next book and she never published again because she really wasn't one to want fame like that was not her thing she wanted to tell her story and she did um but you know I, I i love that story i love um,
0: it it's a good story
1: all right so uh i'm skipping a couple of questions cuz we already talked about it all right so uh class and education class being um like social class social class right and education are a major part of this book do you see similar elements in how our society functions today Or have we reached a place where this doesn't matter anymore?
0: I think money still plays a part in class and education. I don't think there is such a hard line as there used to be because Mm. of things like scholarships and whatnot and, you know, the laws we've put in for equality. But Mm. money still draws lines. Money yeah, still I mean, makes, and I think, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I think ignorance when it comes to the undereducated is still very common because, and that's a theme in this book, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? The undereducated definitely treated Tom yeah. differently than the ones that were educated and knew what was going on, and I mean, what well, was the only thing that they had above him was, was that, that they, they were white right, and he wasn't right. Yeah. And um, we still see that there is mm-hmm. a subset of grown white males today that still think that they are above POCs because of mm-hmm. their skin color. Yeah. And I don't think there is much that has changed in that right. mindset for a good group of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I Sadly. think that, I think that, um, I would say, like, for me, um, I am an educated woman. I have a master's degree. I married Fancy. someone that didn't have a college degree at all. But
0: um, Tom is educated. He may well, not he have now him.
1: has his master's degree, uh, well, but okay. he didn't then.
0: I met Tom 9, 10. 2009. He was working on his bachelor's then, if
1: I remember correctly. He didn't start until uh, 2012.
0: Okay. But I met Tom. But he was already
1: freaking smart.
0: He is, okay. When I say educated, I don't mean degree. I right. just finished my bachelor's. Right. Last year. But I have always been educated because well, I take I the think, time to learn, get understand what I'm talking about, right. and move forward. And when I say educated, I mean educated, one, on the issues, educated about the world, educated about right. life. Okay. Okay. I, I, there's, that makes sense. Uh, so...
1: I just think that right now in our country, we we have a need for people who are in trades because we've pushed college so hard. I agree. And this is coming... This is coming from an educator. College isn't for everybody. Like, it's just I, not. This is
0: something I say. Okay, so, Tyrate. Molly Tyrate. I don't know how many of you I had so far. Just list, throw a little tracker. <laughs> um, when I, I have friends that have older kids. Mm-hmm. That have high school age children. And when we talk, I talk to them, I always go, so, what's it look like going forward for you? And they're like, college, yeah. I guess. And I go, my first thing is, is you know, you don't have to go to college right away. And their parents yeah. instantly gasp. And I go, they can right. learn a skill set in the military and they will. Pay, right. the military will pay for their education. And they're like, I don't want my kid going to war. I never said I was sending your kid to war. I said right. there's an other option for them right. that pays for their life, helps them figure out who they are, and right. eventually they can get schooled. I think... I think you have a different
1: perspective because
0: you're military.
1: Um, I grew up in a really small town that your options were get out or work at the steel mill.
0: Mine was and, be a um, farmer's way for a teacher.
1: And the people that worked at the steel mill, um, they were quite wealthy. It's a union job. It paid very well. They made way more money than my mom did. Um, and uh, when the steel mill went, was moved overseas the town pretty much sank. So my town is really desolate now. Um, And I chose the option of get an education, get out, but I, and I would have chosen that decision even today, but I don't think that that is the decision for everybody in that town anymore. Like I do think people need to learn a trade. Um, And I'm the daughter of two tradesmen. My mom is a a cosmetologist and my dad is a carpenter and those are both
0: trades. Um, So, you know, for me, but in this book, Sorry, go I'm ahead. Sorry, no. I was just gonna say I rode the struggle bus till I found. Like my mom signed me up for a trade school, and I wasn't ready for school after hi- high school, and yeah, I didn't join the military till almost three years later. But being forced or doing education is not for everybody, and I will no, it's not, and I will always be an advocate for kids doing something that is isn't, air quote traditional, like right. yeah.
1: I think you should just do what makes you happy and hopefully you can make money at it. Like, I mean, we're doing this podcast. We're not making any money right now, but we are having, yes, a, we are. Amazing we're amazing. Dallas
0: bitches. No. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm if anybody kidding. wants to pay us to do this, that'd be great. But um, we're just having fun, you know? Oh, yeah, it's, exactly. It's but, like I think when it comes to this book and you're talking about, um, you know, cl- social class and education, um, like there was a hierarchy here. Like yes, I said, sure. the only the only thing that put the Ewells above the Robinsons was the color of their skin. There was there yep. they had no class whatsoever. They were and they literally were the same. living in the they were in the s- junkyard,
0: right? And they were very trash. similar level, and they were very similar levels of education. The to well, Tom of- Robinson, Tom Sorry. Robinson
1: could read, um. He could read. The Ewell's kids couldn't read. Tom Robinson could read. He held a very good, respectable job. His wife also had a respectable job. They were involved in their church. The Ewells literally lived at the junkyard, couldn't read. Um So they're the Hill Jacks. They, they they were getting um, you know, government checks mm-hmm. and and there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But he was spending it on alcohol. Like, there was no – like, he wasn't taking care of these kids. Right. Um. And there were seven of them. Seven right. of them, I think. So Sounds right. of one, one of the projects I did with my students, which I really loved, was, like, I had them create the social ladder for their school. Oh. So, like, here's the social ladder for – for Till Mockingbird. And of course, like the townsfolk in the Finches were like the top yeah. of the ladder. And then the bottom of the ladder were the, the, the black community. Um, and so I had them create it for what their school looked like. And it was really interesting to see their perspective of like, this is our social ladder. And I think that that's, you can still do that today. I mean, right. you really can. And I mean, one of the reasons we picked the neighborhood that we live in in um, Virginia was because Tom and I wanted to be in a blue collar neighborhood. We live in a blue collar neighborhood now. Are we both educated people? Yes, we both have master's degrees. Do we both? Ha- well, Tom is you know stay at home dad now, but I have a I have a job that's not a blue collar blue collar job, but it's our comfort level. Right.
0: This is this is the comfort. But it's level also where you grew up. Right, right. You grew up in a very similar setting to me. Right. Um. So being around people that are blue collar are mm-hmm. your people. I grew up in a farm town. I my birth, Bill, is a mechanic. My mom ran a truck stop. Now she works at runs a bank. Right. But Matt and I live. I mean, you've yeah. I guess you haven't. We live in League City, which I've been to your house in League City. yes you have you've been to my new house it is not a blue collar area Mm -mm. you live in a very wealthy area (laughs) but my husband is a blue collar man right my husband has busted his ass to give us the life we've gotten
1: yeah well i mean that's you know that's the trade industry that your husband is in, there's a lot of money in that Word. for trades people, like right. for people that are working the thing. Right. Okay. so We're definitely um, off
0: topic again. Sorry.
1: I'm sorry. You keep reining me in. Okay. Um, all right. So did you feel like this had, this book had a different impact on you reading it as an adult
0: than as a teenager? Um, it's when I was a kid, it highlighted something I already knew but didn't speak about because Mm -hmm. of where I was it. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I definitely felt empowered by this book to speak Mm -hmm. out because there was a lot of kids back home that used the N word and those Mm -hmm. grownups now and they still use the N word, which is just gross. Um, Ignorant. That's what that is. It's gross. Um, Mm -hmm. Now I didn't understand the cultural relevance of it. I did mm-hmm. not understand the timepiece that it is and the importance it is mm-hmm. to yeah. education as a whole. Mm-hmm. So the book still holds meaning to me. It still yeah. was a jumping point for me as I am an advocate. I will always be an advocate for POCs, mm-hmm. people in the LG- in LVM mafia. I will always be someone to speak up for the yeah little guy, not little guys, but you get my point, yeah, and this book was definitely my jumping point for that, right, still get mad when Tom goes to jail, but yeah i um
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it impacts me impact me differently, reading it as an adult. Um mm-hmm. I've read it so many times now and I feel like each time I read it I still cry at the end every single time I read it um when why? Jem is Can I ask Jem why? Scout, <clears throat> when Jim and Scout are attacked. Oh yeah, that's um,
0: very upsetting. Kurt, oh, yes. But, I thought you meant like when the of, book ends.
1: <laughs> no no, when the, at the end of the book I always cry at the image of her walking Boo Radley back to his house. And realizing that when you actually see someone for who they are, they're not, they might not be what you've predict, pre- pictured right. all along. You know, um, they they talk about Tom Robinson's murdered, basically, um, in jail he while he's trying to escape. Um, and Atticus's quote is, um, he was just another black man who cut and run to the guards. Like, yeah. To, to, To them, he was not Tom Robinson with a family who was actually a good guy and innocent. They saw the color of his skin, and he was running. So, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: That's actually my favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes in there is because Atticus, he holds a lot to the chest, but he was so upset when Tom died. Oh, he was. He was so upset when Tom died, Well, when he was was, murdered, when he was killed. Mm -hmm. And then his, him speaking at the end, him being, he is a, such a put together man. He mm-hmm. is very methodical, and he was definitely he was definitely out of sorts when yeah. um, you know the kids were attacked and right. And he was he really thought Jim
1: was at fault. He didn't right. want to believe that we're not letting Jim off the hook for this. Like right. if he killed somebody. We're gonna you know because but he it,
0: is a true. Neutral in the world, you know what I mean? He believes in laws, he knows there's good and bad, and if you do bad, you go to jail. And he is a true man of the law. And right,
1: well, my favorite quote since you mentioned yours, my favorite quote quote is I wanted you to see what real courage is instead of getting the idea that courage is a man with a gun in his hand. It's when you know you're licked before you begin, but you begin anyway and you see it through no matter what. It's a good quote, and that's Atticus. Yeah. Um I love it because you know I think I think that's what we do think still. Yeah. Courage is that guy that's, you know, standing there you do not have to carry a gun or have a big stick to be courageous.
0: It just you makes you feel braver. To. It just makes you feel braver. But put that stick but, down you're losing that courage. But standing up for what is right
1: even when you know you can't win? Yeah. It's always the more courageous thing to do all right so my last question for you and this has been a very
0: serious episode i know know. i'm
1: afraid that all of these episodes are going to be super serious based on the books i picked and like i'm kind of bummed out by that because i like our witty banter yeah um but i love this book so much so um,
0: I, i think it's important to cover for sure
1: all right so we were talking about banned books Do you think this book should be removed from school's curriculum? Absolutely fucking not. That is my favorite answer you've ever given in ever history of any of the podcasts. Absolutely fucking (laughs) not.
0: With what happened last year with George Mm -hmm. Floyd. Mm -hmm. With what's still going on with the kids that have died for just wearing hoodies in convenience stores for the children that walk home late at night and are killed by a neighbor who thinks that they're hoodlums Mm -hmm. this book will never not be relevant and not need to be a topic in schools right
1: i mean the fact that we that young black men are having conversations with their parents on how you interact with police i like
0: that that's a problem um so I actually, okay, so there's a scene. I'm going to talk about Grace for a second, people. I'm sorry. There is a scene in Grey's. I don't think we ever get through an episode without talking about Grey's. There is a scene in Grey's when Miranda is mm-hmm. having a conversation with Tuck. It's mm-hmm. her and her husband. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I'm still, I'm tearing up now. And I know these are fictional characters. He. I <laughs> cry over fictional characters all the time. They are telling him what he has to do. Speak softly Mm -hmm. and clearly. If Mm -hmm. you have a hood on, put your hood down. Put your hands up. And they're sitting... And I'm like... And at the time when I watched this, he was 12 and Piper's 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there tearing up. And I had to pause it because I'm so emotional. I could not imagine having to teach my child, a child, an innocent child that... A grown adult may think you're up to something nefarious that will try to kill you because of your skin tone. Right. That is that is such an injustice in this country. Right. And I mean, it is such an injustice.
1: Absolutely. And this book, I mean, it's talking about this happening in the 30s. How are we not past this? And I know that, I know Tom Robinson wasn't um, a, a victim of police brutality. Heck, Tate, who's their sheriff, just arrested him. Like, right. he didn't, like, well, rush him up or anything he did, that. Right,
0: because he but, was,
1: yeah. Because he's a good guy. Like, he's yeah. a good cop. He's
0: a good cop.
1: Um, and there are good cops. Agreed. Um, but he, there was very clearly evidence that Tom Robinson was innocent. And then, in fact, that Bob Ewell was the one that had beaten Mayella there was no evidence that she'd ever been raped right. but there was there was speculation that her dad Has molested been, yeah. her which is mm-hmm. not surprising with the yule history yeah, yeah. Um, but they arrested a man because of the color of his skin that's what it boils down to it's they arrested him now. and then and then they convicted him because of the color of his skin and the the truth is that until we can eradicate that from this country books like this need to be taught They need to be read in our schools because this is the gateway. I know we started talking about critical race theory, but this is the gateway to so many conversations. I cannot tell you how many conversations I got into with my students about why this was so wrong and how this is still happening today. And when I was teaching this book, I was teaching in the middle of the West Tampa projects. So I'm teaching mostly, mostly black children, children, but a lot of children of color. Um, I, I, I was sometimes the only white person in the room. And to be able to have those conversations with them, I really wish everyone got to experience that. Because there's just such a thoughtfulness to my students. And I'm talking about 14 and 15-year-olds who had told me they had never read a book before. And they found one that they liked. And they found one that they related to. Because I spoke to them. And it related it to, to- Now, I do think there are a lot of people that want to have this removed from curriculum because there are books that are set today, which is and there are books and there are books that are set from the perspective of a person of color, which experience. Honestly, if you want to do that, put these hand in hand. Yes, that is exactly what I was going to say. Put these hand in hand. There would
0: be a great uh, comparison, and there is uh, so many great books. Sorry, um, not just. People of African descent. There are books based off of people from Middle East. There's people books Mm -hmm. about Indians and Samoans. There are so many books of talking about people of color and their struggle in the United States of America. Right. And, and I'm and I'm
1: all for us updating our curriculums to include a, a lot of what's taught in high school English classes is the whitewashed male perspective. Um and I'm all for us updating
0: that. I'm
1: I'm all for us updating that. I, I think you know, Harper Lee's a woman, so we at least get a
0: woman's perspective and things. But um we this tend particular to be, book. women tend to tend to be more empathetic. Not mm-hmm. me personally because I am stone-hearted, but <laughs> women in general are more empathetic. Are you a Slytherin? No. I uh I'm, I've been called a Slither Puff. I'm mostly yeah, Hufflepuff. That... Okay. so tendencies. So, <laughs> side note, because the book I just
1: finished was Harry Potter and what the hell? The, the Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix. Are are you a little bit like um what the fuck's the bitch's name? which one
0: the really evil one in it oh dolores umbridge i am not dolores umbridge (laughs) the audacity of you to even accuse me of that all the pink and all the kitty plates yes have you met me i love kitty plates plates she's a horrible person
1: no, I, honestly, I had a hard time not picturing her as a librarian, like a <laughs> like a like
0: a like a stereotypical librarian. Okay, totally off topic. The casting of that is perfect. Moving on, back to *Walking yeah, Bird*. Well, <laughs> the person that she's married
1: to played Carson on *Downton Abbey*, and I just figure like she can't really be evil in real life because <laughs> no. she's married to Carson. No. Um. All right. So my point is, Sorry. circling back, my point is that. This book is one that I hope remains in schools. I think it's so relevant. I think it's beautiful. I 100% think that if you're listening to this and you haven't read it since you were a kid... Um, a, oh, a teenager. Please. please read it again. Definitely the audiobook. Sissy Spacek does an amazing job. I don't recommend like rolling around town with your windows down when she's like yell- like saying an N word everywhere because like, uh, it's all I over mean, the it, book. But wait,
0: wait, wait. If you can listen to DMX with your windows down, you can listen to Sissy Spacek <laughs> read You Kill Mockingbird. It is definitely a different experience than DMX. <laughs> I agree. But if you're okay with. Using the N word when it comes to rap music, which it is their right as POCs, you should be comfortable enough to talk about it in a book.
1: Yeah, it's a really great book. I I highly recommend it. Um, thank you, Molly, for like doing it for reading yeah, it because no,
0: I think because... this is like the cornerstone of banned books. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think it will always be a book that is on the chopping block when it comes to oh yeah curriculum and. Mm-hmm. I, as, this is not my favorite book. I, I'm, you know, I like this book. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I'll like it for both of us. That's perfectly fine. But (laughs) what I will say is, I will always fight for this book to be a part of children's Mm -hmm. education. Always. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: There was a school two years ago that removed it from their curriculum and their local public library bought extra copies and then prominently displayed them and they were just flying off the shelves but teenagers there were teenagers who were told you don't have to read this book and they were like but i want to but 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 i want to tell a kid
0: they're not allowed to do something what are they gonna do they're gonna do it because they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, I'll um, put links in Please. the um, in the uh, for. Um, oh my gosh, words! I'll put links in our description uh, that everything the we've talked about. List. Yes, yeah, um, and the IMDb page for uh, the movie. Um, Banned Books Month is actually the month of September, and Banned Books Week is the last week of September going into October Mm -hmm. this year. Um, But ALA puts together um, a top 10 banned books list every year, and that's released during Banned Books Week. We are going to, in one of the upcoming episodes, not next week, Besties, but the following week, we're going to read drama, and we're going to talk about banning books, the process, and um, what is the most banned right now? Like what is getting banned more often? Popular, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so if you have questions about banned books, please comment. Um, Please follow us on social media and ask me questions because this is a passion of mine. She's got all the answers, gang. It's a passion of mine. Um, Librarianship involves, uh, like we have a top 10 um, bill of rights of librarianship. And number one is not censoring and providing free access, free and open access to information. Um, and so we fight against this. That is our job. I actually, okay.
0: I actually got in an argument with uh, one of Piper's teachers about her reading a book. Oh no. Um, fifth grade, little story besties. Fifth grade, um, Piper's reading Hunger Games for the first time. A great book. Great also book. a banned book. <laughs> um, Piper is way past that reading level and comprehension by the time I'm letting her read this book. Right. She's reading it in the middle of class and I get a, not an email, but a phone call from that teacher asking me if I know what my daughter's reading. Um, yeah, I do. Why? And she goes, I just feel it's inappropriate for her and I'd prefer her not to bring it to school. I feel like you should shut the... F- <laughs> um and i go uh ma'am i appreciate your thought the mm-hmm. that book is in the school's library um so it's allowed in the school and you don't have the right to tell my child but she can and can't read they
1: had it in the fifth grade library they had what, it in the school,
0: it? in the elementary school's library yeah
1: really that's surprising i I did. I was an elementary librarian last year. It, I would not have put it in our library. Um, it, the, the reading level, the reading level for it,
0: you can like. Right. I think it's eighth and up. Um, but PAR but, has and, it broken down by reading levels, and they have a GT section for the gifted intelligence yes. and reading comprehension and, kids.
1: And even with that, even with our gifted students, it's not one that I would put in the library because. Right. It's not about the reading level. It's about the content with that right. one. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If a kid was reading it at school and one of my Battle of the Books kids was reading it at school, I had a whole conversation with her about it. I was like, let's talk about, let's right. talk about it. It like, was an amazing series. And it's my
0: favorite series. As a parent that allows my – I don't censor what they intake. I make sure they comprehend it and I make sure that they are at an appropriate age level for it. Right? Yeah. And for that woman – who is outside of this house? Let alone, right. and a public school educator to tell my child that it, this book was inappropriate. What set what my skin on he, fire? <laughs> what bothers me
1: more about that than anything is that as a librarian. Um, if a kid comes to me and asks me for a book, I'm going to give them that book. I don't care if their parent allows them to read it or not. And the reason that I'm going to do that is because there are things that teens need to know, and the internet is not always the right place to get that answer. Word. So, okay. for, example, Sorry. for example, in one of my interviews for a librarian position, children's librarian position, I was asked, you know this person's parents, and you know they wouldn't want them... Uh, they're really religious and you wouldn't, they wouldn't want them to read anything LGBTQ. And this child comes and asks you about things, nonfiction about sexual identity. What do you do? And I was like, I get them the book because I don't care what their parents have to say. Their parents aren't here. This kid could be questioning their sexuality and needs some real information about it. And, and that, that is not going to come from the internet. You're going to get, not reliable sources. Well, because the internet is full of hate and misinformation, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can't be like President Diaz, and or, I guess that wasn't her last name. I can't go get the pamphlets from Planned Parenthood, but I can. I can give you a nonfiction book about but- L- LGBTQ sexuality, and I can. We have books in the library. I, I'm not in my particular library where I am now, but we have books in our library where we talk where we you can learn the things of how it works. We actually, how your pieces and parts go together. I
0: actually <laughs> just got a book for Piper about this called Consent. So mm-hmm. I will actually put the link to that in the... If you are looking for something that is a great conversation for your kids about the things, I will post yeah. the link to the two I found that I've been using with Piper. And And, and that's the point
1: of us doing this banned books month thing, besides the fact that I love banned books and I really just wanted you to read To Kill a Mockingbird. It's to talk about why books should be accessible and and why we shouldn't be doing this. And censorship never helps. When you think you're saving somebody from something, all you're doing is drawing attention to it. And then more people want it. Agreed. Agreed. So
0: all right. So I think we have to wrap up. We sure do. Besties. Thank you. We're <laughs> over. Whatever. <else? laughs> um, besties. We love you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Next week you. is looking for Alaska. I don't have the book. Do you have the book? Looking for
1: Alaska by John Green. I don't have it uh, with me right now, but looking for Alaska by John Green. It is his first novel that he published. Um, so good. If you haven't read it. Fantastic. Absolutely. Read it. Um, I just say, <laughs> oh yeah yeah bring tears it, bring up uh, tears bring tears bring Kleenex it's John Green you're going to cry that's just that's it's just worked. his way
0: um it's his motto It's hey, actually stamped on his money I'm John Green you're gonna cry I approve these tears
1: <laughs> um um I just want to say thank you so much to our fans we we have a fan base now, Molly. Like, we do. We have people who are commenting, who are sharing. Um, we just had a fantastic episode last week with our friend Katie. Um my gosh. Honorary I, Book Bestie. Yes. Uh, we love her. Katie has, like, entered in our uh, group chat now. We and, have a like, group
0: chat with Katie going. <laughs> even though her episode's over, we love her. And, and I think um, she's probably super busy, and she's just like, what are these two doing? <laughs> I know. I know. She She's regretting ever, ever <laughs> connecting with us. Um,
1: but, yeah, so Book Besties, thank you so much for following us, sharing Liking, subscribing, all those wonderful things. Um, And uh, we'll see you next week with Looking for Alaska by John Green. Yay. Love you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is sweet. Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.